and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast, episode 201. Who thought we'd ever make it this far? And who knows where episode 200 is? We'll never tell. <laughs> um, it's me, Graham, here this evening, and I am delighted to be joined by two fabulous people. Now, a uh, quick heads up for people who do not listen to backing paper. Aid is taking a sabbatical um, because it turns out that when he gets to spend all day on conference calls, he's not super in the mood for spending all evening on conference calls with us. So whilst Aid is on sabbatical, we're roping in some fabulous people to help us with the show. Um, so joining me this evening, we have, of course, the wonderful Rachel Brewster. Right, Rachel, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Show 201. Gosh, can't believe it. It's crazy how fast that's gone past, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, I can count the years by the wrinkles in my forehead. Um, <laughs> the grey hairs. The, the, oh, which, yeah. Good job, it's a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And joining us also this evening as co-host is the wonderful returning Claire Marie Bailey. Claire, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Lovely to be back and thank you for asking me to um join you whilst aid is um temporarily away oh it's a delight <laughs> to have you back with us we you know it's like we thought okay who do we want to reach out to and uh, your name was straight out the hat so it's great to Aww, have you back thank you um we haven't spoken to you in quite a while. So Aid spoke to you last year and when you were helping out with his self-portrait assignment, which led to some very um, moody, <laughs> moody and magnificent portraits of Aid. Um, but we haven't spoken to you on the podcast. I think it was when you were judging the fashion round, the Cheap Shots Challenge, which that's is... That's right, yeah. That's well over a year ago now, isn't it? Is it gosh, time goes so quickly. Um, it could, Yeah, it could well be a year already. Um, and lots, I've lots... Gosh, a lot's happened since then. Obviously, we've got the pandemic. Um, <laughs> oh, this, this is that, that, that? that you think? <laughs> did it make it to Anglesey as well? <laughs> yeah, it did actually. Yeah, we were we were we were um, watching it creep here, but yeah, it's 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 everywhere. I think um, in Wales, um, I think we're the second place where it's the least uh, concentrated. I think Ceredigion and then Anglesey, uh, uh, where it's the least, but it's still here. So we're still in isolation. Isolation. You should have just blown up the Menai Bridge. Just had done with it. So that's it. You're not <laughs> yeah, coming here. that's it. Yeah. You were saying actually before, weren't you, uh, Claire, that you've got a lovely kind of um, beach that you can get to at least. That's really lovely that you've got that on your doorstep. Yeah, I feel um, I feel really lucky compared to a lot of people because yeah, right at the end of my street, um, there's a little beach and a, an estuary and there's some some sand dunes. Um, so in fact, yesterday um, it was a lovely day and on my sort of daily exercise, I I took some cameras with me and uh, mm -hmm. uh, was creating my little piece of California on the, the the sand dune at the bottom of the road. So I I, I can't complain. Um, all, you know, really. quite often <laughs> when I see it, um, when I see it really beautifully sunny and things, it does it does occasionally make me go, it's quite Clamory Bailey weather this. Yeah, you know? oh, <laughs> that's really nice. <laughs> because it's yeah. so Californian that it's like, yeah, perfect for just being on the beach yeah. in, in Wales, but actually feeling like you're in California. <laughs> yeah, it really is. The sun dune at the end of my street's just like that. And then there's a field um if I go out of my out of my street and just a bit up the road, there's some lovely fields there which are more like Midwest America. So I, I can't I can't <laughs> complain. So and I can get to them all on foot. So um, so I'm, I'm I'm lucky, I guess. Yeah. 
So we've talked quite a bit about what we've yeah. been up to over the last few weeks, Claire. I'm interested to hear how how the lockdown, because you're working from home now. Um, yeah. How has it affected you and your creativity? Because I think we all went into this. I mean, as everyone knows, I'm still just working full time in the busiest time mm-hmm. of the year for me. So it's kind of a moot point for me. But I know yeah. we all went into this thinking, oh, a lockdown, I'm going to be the most creative I've ever been. I'm going to do all these things I've never had time to do before. And and then we suddenly realised, like, no, that just <laughs> doesn't always happen, actually. Um, how's it been for you? Well, I think initially, I, I, I again, I panicked. I thought, oh, my goodness, what, what am I going to do? And then I thought, no, don't panic. Like I say, I've got sets um, right at the bottom of my street. I, I'm lucky as well, I've got a, a garden. So I did some photos the other day. Um, in, in my garden, I, I created a little set in, in, in the back there. Um, and just kind of thinking differently. Um, I was also... Um, doing more work I've been doing more work um indoors um with lighting so back to my LEDs I'm still kind of working to get um shots that I like I'm going through a bit of a um Italian giallo moment at the moment um Italian giallo uh, moment what giallo you know um one of my favorite directors yeah is uh, Dario Argento Mm -hmm. um and um I love his films and so I've been actually watching a load of I've been self-isolating and watching loads of um loads of films and loads of films for for pleasure and inspiration at the same time so I've been watching some of his and um so I've been doing yeah trying to use a lot of LEDs inside trying to get that kind of horror feel um working with both 35 mil and uh, polaroid mm-hmm. um, and in fact i want to watch um the 1977 suspiria films i've not seen the there's a, there was a re- remake i think last year but i want to watch the 1977 film version again just for the lighting because if you watch that film he he, he uses a lot of um neon and a lot of led beautiful lighting so i've been doing stuff in indoors and then um uh, interestingly, I'd never thought of this before. Um, I'm a member of the the Twelve Twelve Project, which is um, an instant film photography, um, where there's um, photographers shoot to a film uh, a, a theme each month. And is, is that why it's the twelve? As in, yeah, like 12, the twelve months. 12, yeah, twelve photographers. Yeah, twelve photographers. Mm-hmm. Twelve months of the year, and we all um, choose a theme. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, because of the pandemic and different things, that the, the group um, was. Um, was suspended but there's um a quarantine group's been started and um one of the themes was through the window and one of the other photographers contacted me and um I'd never considered it before she asked if I'd uh, be the subject for her and we did a photo shoot shoot through Skype which was really I mean it was something I'd never considered but it was quite fascinating um we went through a few internet issues um the the wi-fi here can be poor um yeah but um she she took the pictures and I was really kind of amazed at you know what Lillian Lillian um managed to achieve through through Skype so I thought it's interesting isn't it you know it's it's all that thing about thinking differently and you know who'd have thought people would be doing photo shoots through Skype but but that's one thing and um, how is the experience different 
for you you know or were there any difference any kind of like standout differences um aside from the fact that you weren't in the room with the photographer at the time yeah I wasn't in the room with the photographer and obviously because I was the I, I have no idea of the experience of using that being the photographer with the camera because I was the subject uh, the yeah. model um it, at times because I had it through we were doing it through um I had Skype on my phone mm-hmm. so I was having to set the set the phone up and there was one time um Lillian asked me to go outside of my lounge so she was photographing me through my window from outside so I had to position my phone inside and then go outside and of course I couldn't hear her (laughs) I couldn't see her so I had to do a bit of guesswork um as to if I was in the frame and I uh and then I I having to run yeah I didn't know how long if 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 Lillian had got the shot so there was a lot of lot of guesswork and I would come back in the house going is it okay oh you moved too soon and then eventually I worked out a way um that I could look and I could see her and and she would like give me the thumbs up when when she was done but it was fun it was it was you know it, it was something I'd never considered but um I would yeah it's have a go I would say have a go it was fun so you guys were both trying to explain this to me a bit well you were telling me about it before the show and mm. um am I right in assuming that you so you're um using your mobile phone as the uh, for your uh, for a video call yes and you're posing in front <laughs> of that and then uh Marianne is uh, Lillian so Lillian. <laughs> Lillian okay I was close I swing okay. miss um Lillian is um I guess using a, a PC or a laptop at home yeah, and then taking yeah. pictures of the screen using yeah, a Polaroid her camera mm-hmm. with her Polaroid camera yeah so can you tell from the pictures because I've not seen these pictures maybe you guys can share a link um uh can you tell that these were done can you see the screen in the picture is that part of it or are they close enough so that you can't see the screen uh, what's the sort of the style of it I would say that you can't see the screen and uh, Lillian was saying as well that when um, with the Polaroid camera anyway if you shoot um, like on a screen or if you shoot with the digital camera onto the TV you might get the lines you don't get yeah. that the scan um, lines, yeah. that was what I was wondering yeah, about you don't I'd, yeah I'd seen quite a few sort of like digital photographers starting to do this you know just um, from uh groups I'm in with like wedding photographers who were all going a bit stir crazy as well and wanting to be creative and I'd seen that they'd been doing some of these virtual photo shoots but obviously the the difficulty with the digital ones is that you do get those lines so um I thought oh isn't that brilliant that actually analog in in terms of the um Polaroid ones you're just not getting that you're not seeing that because it's not picking up um as precisely you know um which is lovely actually I was, I mean, I was really intrigued as to how it would come out and mm. what the results would be. And, and I was just amazed because um, they were clear. It was as if, you know, considering it was done, you know, like you say, through my phone and and, and or through Skype, it, some of them, I could have um, been stood right in front of Lillian. So I was, I was just, I was amazed. Yeah. And then uh, and some other um, people from the group also did um, some photo shoots through Skype and, and, and the work's really, you know, really quite amazing. Um, so I thought, wow, I, it's come from the pandemic. <laughs> I, I would never have thought about that. But. It's a great idea. I yeah. mean, it seems like a great way, perhaps, for people who um, are not necessarily the most confident portrait shooters <laughs> as a sort of a kind of a baby step way into it. So maybe if you reach out to somebody who you're friends with, maybe you're chatting to them on the, um, 
uh, Discord group or whatever on uh, the Sunday yeah. Discord group and say, hey, do you fancy doing this? You know, we'll both meet up and I'll take some pictures of you and you take some pictures of me. Um, it sounds really dodgy, actually, whilst I'm saying it, but let's just assume <laughs> we're doing this purely for photographing an art person. But because you've got that bit of distance, it seems like it could be quite a fun um, experiment, both for people being a model, because I was imagining yeah. in some ways it's easier to be a model when there's not a person in front of you. You can be, you know, although they're watching you, it's like... It's, there's an element of separation, isn't yeah. there? There's an element yeah, definitely. of being able to yeah. stand behind that that performance part of it, I guess, you know, because yeah. there is a physical distance, very literally. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, is there, um, is there a, a particular um, site where these have also been going up? You mentioned, obviously, as being part of the 1212 project. It, yeah. Where would you go to see this uh, kind if, of thing? If you if you use Instagram, um, you can go um, and type in. There's the twelve twelve project quarantine group. Okay. Um, so there's a group on um, Instagram and there's a group on Facebook as well. Great. So you can see see some of the work there. So is this something Claire, you think you might have a go at from the other side? Because you know you're you're very used to taking pictures of yourself. Um, yeah. But do you can think you, you Skype have... yourself? <laughs> yeah, that would be a first, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I was so intrigued because um, and, and looking at the results. No, it's definitely something I thought, hmm, that's in my, I'd like to to be Lily. You know, I'd like to be the photographer and, and, and maybe um, shoot someone. Yeah, definitely. Yes, it's definitely. a good way of kind of broadening out what you do because it, it, it's um, obviously you're very comfortable doing what you're doing and you produce lovely work mm. doing it. But, you know, sometimes to sort of stretch out and go, okay, this is... You are good at bringing a vision to life. You have a picture in your head and you can use yourself as the model and do that. But when you can start using other people, it expands the possibilities of what you can do because you have more tools to work with. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, totally. No, I agree. And um, in lockdown period as well, the other thing I was thinking I'd like to have a, um, start practising or experimenting with is is projections um and, and so so again for indoors back indoors projection um and light painting i don't mm. know if, if if either of you've done much light painting um so i think there's lots you can do indoors and, and you know if you've got space and you can clear or you can clear your tables and what have you out, out of the way um there's still yeah. there's still i think um things that we can do even though maybe we can't go to our usual spaces that are our comfort zone or our preferred yeah. um, shooting places. Perhaps we just have to push push those boundaries just yeah. a little bit further. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's adapting like like in every other aspect of our lives that we've been doing, it's adapting our creativity as well, you know, yeah. to, to fit what, what can be done, um, yeah. I guess, too. Mm. Um, in terms of um, doing uh, light painting and things like that, projections and things, Actually, one of the very first kind of um, ideas when I originally started looking at putting um, putting little vintage photography together was um, something that I called like night um, night painting, um, where it was projections, but out this was outdoors, but at yeah. night, um, and use um, projecting some of my pinhole images onto large boards and hoarding and that kind of thing, and then working back into that um, to create a kind of a the positive image of the pinhole negative if you like oh, but as a projected piece 
uh, so that you'd end up with a basically a huge hand-drawn version um, of of the original negative, like four by five negative. Oh, wow. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun because again, something like that, it was when we were allowed to be around people and things, you know, it, it was very interactive because you could do a piece, you know, some people would work really delicately and very intricately and other people would be like, yeah, slap this piece on here and that kind of, you know, <laughs> and it, it always came out something different. And uh, and it was just really lovely to to kind of yeah. have that experience. It was much more of like an experience of kind of going and, and creating something together. Um, but I'm sure there's still ways that we could do that. It would just be again slightly in a slightly different um, yeah, slightly. approach, wouldn't it? Yeah. And and you were talking there about your pinhole, and you've been doing a lot of pinhole uh, work. Yeah. Um, and I was yeah. I was actually reading about. Um, you know making pinhole cameras you know like from coffee jars or something mm-hmm. coffee tins mm-hmm. and I read jars how some... are definitely harder definitely. yeah <laughs> I meant tins yeah sorry and um I was reading that someone had made these different uh cameras and then had left them outside for days mm-hmm. not not minutes and then um not developed the the paper or it'd go black but then had scanned it scan them straight up mm. um after leaving them outside and and they had some interesting results so more There's, to think more to think about absolutely yeah you can you can create kind of like month-long exposures if you do wow. it in that in that way and and you can see the tracks of the sun um so solar graphs yeah. basically yeah, lovely. yeah. Mm. and and there's something really magical about those um one of the um our friends sam he his business is um, the solar can where he basically creates these ready loaded um, uh, tins as you're talking about like yeah. that. And then, but you can have them up for, you know, a week or a couple of days or, or what have you, or you can leave them up for months or a year, you know, sometimes. And, uh, and then it's a kind of nice combination of using the um, astronomical side mm. of, you know, the, the, um, movement of the planets and things uh, as well as photography and it's kind of combining those um, into it into this sort of like final image and once you scan that and then invert it you can get all sorts of beautiful colours and interesting shapes and things as well he's he's attached some to like ships and he's done somewhere they've got like 20 of them next to each other and all sorts of cool things like that but you see you just don't need very much in order to still make photographic art I think that's just one of the beauty yeah. beauties of it isn't it no, yeah. I agree. I, I think it's definitely something that interests me. So, mm. yeah. Well, you were out with your pinhole this weekend. Just go on, weren't you, Rach? I was, was yeah. So we, we sort of teased this a bit on um, backing paper, and we obviously talked That's about right. it, the preparation before, because when we recorded the backing paper the week before, it was early doors on um, World Pinhole Photography Day, and then yeah. you went off and actually did some... I mean, we both did some stuff on World Pinhole Photography Day. We did. We both did some stuff. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. But, but yours, arguably, a little bit more... Um, <laughs> interesting than mine so tell us what you got up to on world pinhole photography day well you know again it's like a bit like claire was saying it's it's about um trying to figure out how to make the best of what we've got isn't it around us i think is is quite often um the sort of mantra at the moment and and i hadn't been i hadn't been feeling particularly creative for quite a while actually and i'd been struggling with various other things anyway and um, and it got to the point where it was the end of Polaroid week, actually, because that was that kind of like led straight into pinhole week. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Will Pinhole Photography Day. Uh, it just kind of worked out quite nicely. And, and um, in the end, because 
I tried to take a <laughs> I tried to take a photo with my Polaroid camera and I dropped my Polaroid camera sadly um oh no just just at the like it was pretty much the last hour of the last day of <laughs> Polaroid week and I was like I need to just take something so in my panic I'd reached for uh, reached for my um 600 close-up and dropped it because the shelf collapsed and oh it's just one of those oh no um so in the end I actually picked up my um uh, my jolly look instead which is a cardboard kind of camera but it's it's built to look like an old bellows one like an old oh, um, Kodak autographic kind of thing and uh and it's made of card and paper and what have you and it's, um but it shoots uh Instax mini um so so you've got a pack of that in the back um graham um created one that he's called the jalubatel because he basically ripped the back <laughs> off his jolly look and stuck it onto his lubatel <laughs> <laughs> um which is a whole other story about his franken camera um oh. but uh, again being super creative and he says he's not but he is um so i i didn't do that to mine you know i was good yes. uh, uh, yeah yeah um but actually mine mine was a um uh, an iteration a lot further on than Graham's. Yours was quite early doors, I think, mm. um, and they'd they'd had quite a few issues and things in production. But by the time mine arrived, it was probably about eight ten months later. Um, they'd obviously ironed out some of the problems. So the Jolly Look does have a little lens, but it also has a pinhole um, option too. And uh, so for po- so uh, for Polaroid Week, uh, I did manage to get a photograph of Marcy, my dog. Um, but it was a bit like playing Twister because you had to kind of like hold one bit with one hand and then another bit with your foot and then <laughs> and then try and measure it with a tape measure that didn't stay, you know, like that's broken. So it kept on like shooting back into itself. <laughs> um, so it was it was quite good fun. Uh, and uh, it, do you know what? In the end. I was just so relieved that I managed to get an image that it it means a lot more to me <laughs> because I I put a lot of time into actually getting it um, and uh, and the others just didn't work out properly so um, so I did a little video of me battling with that and trying to get an image and, and what have you um, and then I thought well um, well pinhole photography day is coming up like that weekend um, and I was very um, very very fortunate in that. Um, Elvis from um, Ondo, who make these beautiful wooden pinhole cameras, actually sent me one out of the blue, a complete surprise. It was just absolutely brilliant. And we talked about this, didn't we, uh, Graham, obviously, because I was very excited about getting out to go and shoot with it. Um, and it's a six by nine. And I've, I've not shot a six by nine uh, format before. Um, obviously, it's using medium format 120 roll film. Um and you get eight shots on a on a roll of 120 using this and they didn't overlap or anything and it was oh. great I could check the numbers on the back because I do have the 35 mil um version um but that's very much like just guess it's kind of like oh that feels like that might be about a frame um because yeah. it's a, an older version as well they might well have changed by now um so I thought well I'll, I'll use this obviously you know how amazing is that it's turned up the day before um I've just had time to kind of like have a quick test with it um I'll go out I'll, I'll go and shoot in the backyard or what have you and then my neighbors put a uh, a flyer through the letterbox um to say we're gonna do um street bingo <laughs> uh we thought it'd be quite nice to have a little go at doing that so basically bring your chair and sit it outside your front door and, and we've got a megaphone and we'll shout out the numbers and and you can tick them off so 
um so at three o'clock everybody well not everybody in the street but a lot of people um in, in the street kind of like came out the front door put the chair out the side with the little bingo chart that they'd been given um and were crossing off the numbers and I thought do you know it would be quite nice if I capture this in pinhole because it's World Pinhole Photography Day you know what else can I do I can't really I can't go anywhere obviously yeah. um but I can I can go and talk to the neighbors you know I can so because obviously we were doing it socially distanced, it meant that I had to shout at them across the street. So I was doing this kind of like weird zigzag as I was obviously trying to make sure that I, you know, was keeping keeping the safe distance from everybody. Um, but it was it was really kind of like one of these one of these moments where you're like is this really happening it was a very surreal kind of like situation um but we'd we'd sort of like closed off the road um they'd come round with like a sign and said can you stick this on the bin and then my other neighbor found a couple of cones street cones you know and put them out so the road was sort of closed off and um and yeah so I just sort of like made my way um literally just you know down the down the street and back um and and so it's um, I'm not just some random. I do actually live on the road, just so you know. <laughs> um, but it's also uh, World Pinhole Photography Day, and I've got this pinhole camera, which is made of wood. And it was really nice because I got to have some lovely conversations with people who were like, "What is that?" You know, um, mm. and uh, and kind of shout at them across the street, "Hold still for five seconds," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I did like a little timer and countdown for wow. them and stuff. So it was it was just nice. It was it was a lovely kind of way of capturing something that I just knew wasn't going to come around again you know uh, in quite the same way and um and afterwards it, oh I I just about finished um I got down to the other end of the the street and I basically ended up shooting two two rolls in total so I, there was like 16 images but I well there were 15 images because I missed one <laughs> I uh, I missed um I, I got stuck and was like hmm have I shot that frame or not shot that frame I um uh, and so I thought to be on the safe side I'll just wind on to the next one turns out I hadn't shot it um so never mind but it was it was great to to kind of get to do that and then I was just about to take probably the last one or two and there was a sudden crash from further up the road and the bingo ball had gone like everywhere all of the balls were rolling around <laughs> all disappearing down the like drains and things so everybody was like stop everything uh, and they had to kind of like cap, um you know sort of um go and scrabble around and find those again um but there were prime of um, uh, toilet roll, obviously, and uh, prosecco. So it's oh, just essential, you know. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun, and it was just just like an hour of uh, kind of something that was a bit surreal as a as a, an event, but a lot of fun. And um, so I was really excited to like process the the rolls, and uh, I was up till like gone midnight, going, oh, "I've just got to get these processed." Uh, in the end, and uh, it was it was. I think when I kind of like actually took them out of the tank and stood there and held them and was like, huh, there's images on here. And, and actually it's kind of like a little bit of a bit like holding a little bit of history really, mm. because it was such a, a strange sort of day and a strange experience, you know, that it wasn't the world pinhole photography day that I thought I'd be having, you know, but it was, it was really nice um, nonetheless. And, and I got to kind of at least meet um, and shout at some of my neighbors who I've not, spoken to before so that was cool <laughs> um, meet uh, and shout at it's nice for your neighbours yeah. to get to meet the crazy lady who lives at the end of the street <laughs> crazy exactly. dog lady oh there's like crazy dog lady I saw the I saw the the work I thought it was a lovely collection of um 
portraits actually in pictures I really loved oh, the thanks. there was one the two older ladies um they didn't look like they were distancing but they were quite close to each other I thought that was a really lovely image yeah. They and, actually um, in lockdown together at the moment. Oh, so right. yeah, oh. actually it was our it's our neighbour's mum um who lives next door to them, which is really sweet. And her friend is very similar age and they were both going to be isolated, you know, in lockdown separately. Yeah. So they said, Well, but when they knew this was about to happen and they knew that they were kind of well at that time, they said, Well, why don't you move in just a few weeks before and then you can be, you know, in lockdown together so that they could look after each other. Oh, that's lovely. And uh, and yeah, and I saw them from kind of the other side of the road and was like, oh, That's my photo. I need to yeah, get that shot. I- um but it's really weird, isn't it, though, with pinhole? Because it looks so much closer. Uh, sorry, um, it looks so much further away than you physically are, yeah. if you like. So, um, obviously, I'd normally get a pinhole camera much, much closer to the subject. Um, but obviously, I couldn't do that. So, I had to um, I had to obviously keep it quite far away. And it meant that I got loads more things in shot in the frame than I normally would have wanted to, I suppose. You know, yeah. just naturally i would have gone oh crop out the cars or 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 make sure i've got the nice framing with that or but actually there wasn't that option so i just had to kind of shoot really what was there and keep kind of keep it real yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no, I, I, I like that shot of the of the ladies yeah. and 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 the, there's like a family as well in one of your images yeah. um yeah. i thought i don't know if the the young boy had i don't know if he had pajamas on or just yeah, like stars on yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought oh, i really like that picture as well lovely um i bet they were excited as well were they to see the yeah. end results so uh, I said, right, well, I'll, I'm going to go home and, and I'll process them. And they were like, what? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I get to do that. And I've got a little dark room in, in the house. That's where I run workshops and things. And yeah. um, so I was like, so I'll process them and I'll, I'll put them into a little gallery. And um, so the following day, I just went round and, and put like a little note through everybody's door and a, a little cyanotype bookmark for them to make. You know, I was like when it's sunny (laughs) do this um well actually it was a few days later because actually it it was chucking it down when I was trying to go down the road uh, and do this it was a nightmare um but uh but I said oh uh, and just sort of like gave them the little link and stuff to to the um the gallery on on my um on my gallery on the site um so they could go and see it and they were like oh yeah these are so cool just really different and one of my neighbors said oh my god my daughter looks like she's you know, a street urchin who I've abandoned. Which oh. <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh a lot. Uh, um, but yeah, just something a bit different. And um, and I got some lovely, lovely letters back from people just saying, oh, oh these are really cool. And, oh, yeah. that's lovely. So now you've got them all doing a workshop when the sun comes out as well. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that was always my plan. It's like oh. you sneak it in, analogue photography, you can sneak it in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. It's nice that you had that wider angle and you couldn't get that close because I think the context is if you'd been able to get close and get these lovely up, it would have lost the crazy context of what's going on. And that's exactly what you caught. As you said, you've caught this possibly once in a lifetime moment of this happening, of this, the street coming together in a way that doesn't really happen. Um, And, um, and so having that wider angle and showing that, I think it's great. Um, Yeah. And the fabulous set of pictures as well. They they come out really nicely. Um, I, I managed to get, I, it would have been very easy for Wilpin all day to go past me doing nothing, as most things do. Um, Did you take your really big, large format pinhole out? 
in the end. I thought You've got one about made out it. of a computer box, haven't you? A uh, record player box, but yes. Record player yeah. box. Definitely. I thought about it and then I thought, oh, this is probably not the time to be driving around and fussing about with that. And, you know, it's just, it didn't feel appropriate. So I did two things. Um, I... I um the the thing that I'm kind of most pleased that I did I was like I'm just gonna do this I'm just gonna get off my backside and do it is I did the um make made my bedroom into a camera obscura. Uh, That's right, fantastic! Uh, I remember you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so I said to Sinead, right, have we got any bin bags? Uh, yes. <laughs> She's like, oh god, why? what are you doing? <laughs> right, I want all of them. I'm going upstairs. I'm like, oh right, fine, whatever. And um, <laughs> and it was. I mean, we're very well. We're so lucky. Our bedroom only has one small window. What a what a blessing that is. Um, <laughs> but um, so we, you know, there wasn't too much to block out, and and it worked. I mean, it, obviously, it, our the view from our bedroom window not spectacular it's just the house is on the other side of the close and it's really quite close and that's it but it worked and it was just kind of a really cool thing to do yeah, um and so I, I mucked around with the size of the hole a little bit so you could have it bigger mm-hmm. and then made the picture brighter but it was more blurry, blurry. Yes. Uh, also made it smaller and it was um and i just sort of spent quite a bit of time in there just going this is quite funky it's i've been a, a better view would have made it more interesting or a more trafficked area um but the thing that amazed me and i don't know why it amazed me but like the angle uh, you know i could see my car in the thing and the, and the it's car so is wide, just that, yeah it's it? so yeah. wide it's amazing so wide. yeah um, it creeps up the ceiling and across yeah. the other walls and you're like whoa it's just like i'm inside this this crazy upside down bubble yeah basically. and, and it, it's yeah. just so easy to do and, and we talked yeah. about it on the back backing paper but mm-hmm. um if you've never had a go at doing it is it just i i just used bin bags and sellotape just blacked out window and left one small hole like about i don't know it's about an inch it doesn't have to be an a inch, perfectly yeah. circular hole yeah. doesn't have to be anything like that just one small hole about an inch and you know block out as much of the light as you can but again it doesn't have to be 100% perfect um and you get this fantastic scene mm-hmm. just unfolding in front of you it's just kind of amazing we were, just seeing the light work yeah definitely and, and we were actually really lucky weren't we in the UK that that particular day as well was really bright and sunny mm. um because that it makes such a difference it really does in in terms of the effect and the impact of what you'd be seeing inside yeah um it was kind of like perfect conditions really for for that so that was awesome i'm yeah. so pleased that you got to do that and enjoy that That's I'm, really I'm cool. just... and, and did Sinead see it yeah no absolutely i dragged her and will in there to have a look and they were both um they were i don't know whether impressed is quite the right word but there was definitely oh. like a huh that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Why did you do that? Like... Well, that's pretty cool. Um, and I did go for a walk. We went out for our um, mandatory one-hour state walk yeah. around the countryside. And I did take my OG um, uh, Ondu pinhole camera, my 6x12, out with me and took a few pictures. I haven't even got around to developing that roll of film yet. They're not going to be good because I was like, eh, I'm just going to take it <laughs> snap a few things. But, um, I, you know, I tried. Uh, so that was fun. Um but yeah, it was it was it's nice to try and do something. Um, I had uh, ideas of oh, I'll make a camera, uh, or as I, as you said, Rich, oh, I'll go out with this big box camera and do that. But you know, time just gets away from you in the end, doesn't it? You can't do everything, and even when we've got you've tended to shoot on uh, photographic paper in that one, haven't you? With yeah. them uh, sort of stuck together, so you've got four huge paper negatives is that right in the yeah end? yeah it's four eight by ten sheets that's massive that's so big one oh big, my goodness one big print yeah i do need have to you ever used that. a camera that size claire 
I've not. No, I haven't. <laughs> not at all. No, I'm listening. I'm sort of, it's all going in about mm, pin. Well, pinhole actually um, is something that talking now that um, I did a tiny bit going back about 10 years, but I, it's, it's actually um, something that I think has got such a beautiful atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. It's got that dreamy, haunting kind of thing. And I'm t- you two are talking, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe some pinhole as well in, in the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, we've proved it, it can be done in various different ways, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, just... I can see why that would be appealing because of the beautiful sort of like dreamy work that you do, Claire, you know, it's kind of just a a slightly different medium, isn't it? Of a slightly different approach to creating something that still has that, um, that charm and that feel to it. And it offers Um, up so many creative um, possibilities as well, because the exposures can very easily become quite long. So you end up with situations, you you talking about doing, you know, sort of haunting stuff, you you end up with a situation where you have a shutter speed that's long enough that you can put yourself in multiple positions within the frame during one exposure and get this kind of ghostly apparition yeah. moving through the picture. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, Andrew Bartram, uh, host of the Lensless podcast, who oh, yeah. you, you were on that show with them uh, yesterday, weren't you, Rach? I was, that's um, right, yeah. I just, um, did a little interview with them because they, they wanted to have a little chat about um, the Pinhole Street Bingo project. Yeah. yeah, and uh, they 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 cover so so many different kinds of um, pinhole photography, you know, adventures in, in that, and that's definitely one that I would suggest you know people go and have a little listen to if you've got a particular interest in that in that area. That's that's a great place to go, isn't it? Yeah, but he, I, sorry, he he did um or oh, he's I don't know, well it's not ongoing at the moment, but he was doing um pinhole portraits in hotel rooms <laughs> let me come yeah. right. self-portraits and in a few of those you sort of set the pinhole camera up and you sit in one place for a, you know let's say it's a four minute exposure you'd sit in one place for a couple of minutes and then just move and sit in another chair for a couple of minutes so you sort of see him in this ghostly figure in two places it's pretty cool yeah and then process yeah. it in the sink you know it's, it's that kind of thing isn't it which is really cool because yeah, because that was what andrew was doing at the time he was he was traveling around with his job you know and and having to stay in hotel rooms so he was like well what how can i you know um still be creative and still be doing stuff that i would like to do and it was capturing that moment in time for him wasn't it yeah i like his um I, i've seen some of his hotel series i, I mm-hmm. really like it and um I saw a picture that he put on because um, I like I like I like Andrew's work. I saw a picture he put on um, Flickr, mm-hmm. and it was a horse. It was a pinhole, and I remember it was um, it was a horse. So I think that was a long exposure he'd done, and it was it was very dreamy. Um, I don't know if you know the image I mean, um, mm. uh, but it was a, a pinhole horse <laughs> anyway. And I'm sure I read the thing. I'm sure he'd put the. He just said he'd mounted the camera, and it was. A couple of minutes exposure anyway it's, it's lovely it was a lovely image um it just had that lovely dreamy dreaminess that you get mm. um and I'm just, i was just thinking off the top of my head there's another i don't know um what's that there's a gentleman is he called uh cameron um his surname's gone from me he does he does pinhole work and one of my, one of my favorite images he's done one going down to a beach and there's some palms um as you go to a beach and again it's got that very almost like Lynchian feel to, feel to it. Um, yeah. So I think it's really good at creating atmosphere, I think. Yeah. Um, pinhole, I think Pinhole is, is I think it's fantastic, um, a fantastic medium. It's also one that 
it's not easy to use well necessarily i mean it's easy to it's super easy to make a pinhole image yeah uh, but to to as you said when you see one that you look and go oh you know that's worked really well um it's not always like for for the various reasons as Rachel said you know they tend to be um a very wide field of view um because of the because of the um long exposures if you it's easy to take pictures that you look at and go, oh, well, mm-hmm. that's a, oh, that's a fun pinhole picture, <laughs> which is yes. kind of it's yeah. another way. Of, and like I said, the pictures that I took on my um, undo at best, I'll look at and go, ha, well, that's a fun pinhole picture, which, as I said, is phrased for mm, that's a crap picture. Um, so when you see them being used well uh, to uh, um, capture work. It's. Uh, I think it, it deserves a level of respect because um, it's a notch above. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Although I imagine with uh, with a lot of pinhole work, there's always that kind of element of unpredictability, maybe. Yeah. In um, a similar way which, to which, Polaroid, which, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's something yeah. that I really like yeah. and welcome, but it might be what someone else really doesn't like. But um, no, I think you know. I think it does create that lovely. Um, that dreaminess um, uh, and everything that I like and that, yeah. Yeah, there was, um, uh, talking about that, um, that idea of you know what some people will like other people just won't because <laughs> um, the uh, the project um, that, that I'd done um, I, uh, I, I'd spoken to um, sorry so Petapixel had done the article from from that project basically um, and they're the sort of like a photography blog yeah and um what one of the the well no not one of like the first comment from from somebody saying you can't you can barely see their faces oh. and it just made me laugh a lot <laughs> it was just it was just one of those that like, you were like yes that that's kind of part of the point <laughs> when you're using that kind of medium and it it was just it was so funny how um it was such a different uh, viewpoint of you know what makes a good image or or what makes it you know be a, a photograph even worth talking about you know or or, or viewing even you know oh, totally and it's it's just so so funny how we have such different perspectives on on those kinds mm. of things isn't mm. it and, and and very passionate kind of like viewpoints sometimes um <laughs> can you imagine if you gave this to somebody as as a client you know yeah. what this is just <laughs> terrible that regardless of the um the medium you know yeah. if it's not a good photo it's not a good photo and it's just so funny how sort of how passionate some people can be about you know rather than just going well it's not my cup of tea but you know, I, I can see you know that uh, some people obviously enjoy it. it. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Oh no, definitely. <laughs> Have you seen um talk on that on that subject? Um, he's a Czech photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll probably pronounce his name wrong. Um, We're masters it, of that on this show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <Is> it, uh, <laughs> yeah. Miroslav, I can't say it actually. Miroslav Tichy. I don't know. I've probably. I'm definitely pronouncing his name wrong. He's, he was a Czech photographer, and he mm-hmm. he built his own cameras. So he did a lot of pinhole work. Mm-hmm. He built them out of tins and toilet rolls and all sorts. And he was quite known. He was he was an outsider character. He was considered quite eccentric. So he was 
on in one camp I've read about him some people consider him a, a bit of a joke some people just sort of thought oh he's the town eccentric and he used to go around um taking candid photos of mostly women so um yeah. on the beach in the swimming pool or in the street um and then develop them himself at home but I I really like his work um apparently he um and again, it's got that dreamy quality and um, some of it's a bit blurred, but it's beautiful. And he in his I think he died um, about 2011 or 12. And apparently he wasn't interested in ex- ex- exhibitions. And someone was telling me he was a bit exploited. People, His house was quite chaotic and he had just photos everywhere. Um, and some people would steal, steal them. And I think, ironically, I think they sell now on on artsy and stuff for like thousands of pounds um i don't know who's who who, who gets the income but his work's beautiful and i think a lot of that is is pinhole uh, and homemade cameras and stuff yeah so. is it, is sorry graham go on no just i remember somebody shared um an article about that guy yonks ago and yeah i mean mm-hmm. i think particularly his homemade cameras i think give a lot of feel to these these um and when we say homemade cameras i mean that they are the most sort of steampunk looking yeah. reimaginings of a kind of a like yeah. um and and it's interesting though like you talk about oh he's perceived as being a bit eccentric and creepy i mean i'll be honest i think he was an eccentric creep and his, yeah. but his creepy slightly pervy pictures which i don't think they're not at the same time he had an eye, so they're artistically yeah. interesting, creepy pervert pictures. <laughs> it's you know, it's uh, yeah. Mm. I also I think it's interesting, that. you know, what you were saying about um, you know people going in and, and taking bits of the work and and that kind yeah. of thing as well. And um, there was recently, oh, was it? Oh, whose whose work was it that was chopped up into lots of little pieces? Oh gosh, there was oh. That's really going to annoy me. It was a painting of lots of different coloured dots. And it was it was done by, you know, very well now, like Damien Hurst or something, you know, sort of yeah. artist. Or it might have been Banksy. I'm not sure. No, maybe not Banksy. Anyway, um, somebody um, bought it as like a collective and they basically chopped it up into little pieces so that they could sell them off as little little pieces instead. So it's like you're not you're not going to have like the. I don't know, it was it was kind of like a rebellion against that, but the just the idea of actually if you allow your artwork to be taken in some ways, you know, how does that change the value of it? Yeah. Um, like I did, um, uh, I did have my work up in exhibition at the Hornby Library, and that was for women in science and creativity. And um, part of it, I wanted it to be not just sort of like in glass case and stuff like some of the others were you know, understandably, um, because a lot of them um, we're talking about like various, um, various different parts of science. So this was just my, my part of it. And I was like, but it would be really nice to have them physically hung somewhere, you know? So, um, so I was like, no, we'll, we'll hang all of these cyanotype pieces like from the ceiling and, and, you know, and and they were like, Oh, I'm not sure about that. If people are, they'll take bits. I was like, it doesn't matter. You know, if they do, they do. But I kind of thought, do you know what? If, if I put it there, then it's given the option, isn't it? And I think actually, um, they probably won't take uh, take pieces as yeah. much as maybe the the staff think they will. And actually, I think only two bits went over, and it was up for six months. Oh gosh, that's that's yeah. really good. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because <laughs> I, I I was I was willing to let it go. Like if somebody mm. really wants that piece, you know, fair enough. 
<laughs> you know and I kind of thought it was quite a nice sort of way of going it's here for everybody to enjoy if you'd like to take it then you can I didn't obviously put a sign saying take it um but <laughs> I was like it's, everyone <laughs> yeah but but I mean that's another approach though isn't it you know if if you're going into it with that intention then absolutely that I think that's a, a lovely thing to do it was more that I I didn't want to I think it's partly like the idea of if you if you had like a, an iPad or something um, chained to a desk, it's more likely to be sort of stolen as opposed to there being like four or five of them around and just people sort of like yeah. using them. It's sort of like that idea of how we interact socially and yeah. as human beings and wh- what the rules are and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was it's an interesting idea and concept I think like yeah. you know how how it gives value or takes value away from something if something is yeah it's removed or what have you yeah definitely I'm not explaining it very well but <laughs> ho- hopefully you understand what I'm talking about <laughs> um one of the things we wanted to talk about this evening kind of following on from and you've already sort of hit upon it Rach the fact that after you did um your uh, pinhole day stuff um mm. you reached out and sort of put the word out there that you got that you'd done this thing uh, mm. with the consequence of that you end up getting this article that you wrote on um, Petapixel which is great everyone should go and read it it's a great read and lots of lovely pictures um, from the day there and then since then that's been syndicated and um, shared all over the place I guess now I don't know where it's ended up and where it hasn't ended up but um, and, <laughs> and all of this happened because you made the choice to put it out in front of you like people didn't go oh Rachel we hear you've done a thing please please give it to us it's because you and hey I've done a thing would you be interested in this right Mm, mm. yeah I mean that's the thing I um I've never really done that kind of thing before and I've I've in general been battling with this for quite a while um how do I well especially in lockdown how do how do I keep my business visible how do I keep Mm. um people knowing that I'm still I'm basically still working and I'm trying to make sure in some way shape or form I have a business when I come out the other end of this um because that's my livelihood I have to be able to to make a living you know doing this and um and I'd I'd done some training and some coaching with somebody last year actually and um we looked at you know various different aspects of my business and things but in terms of confidence that's always been uh, quite a difficult um uh, sort of part and i think you know this is across the board i know that a lot of a lot of people have um you know find it find it challenging to feel confident in their work obviously for various different reasons and um and it would come up the idea of you know maybe I do some videos and and just generally showing up and being seen and 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 what have you and I was like yeah nobody's gonna find that of any interest at all um but I I decided actually you know what I've I've had enough you know I just need to I just need to do this I need to not overthink it as I overthink everything I just put some stuff out there so I made these little uh, just little behind the scenes videos and put them up on Facebook and and there were lots of lots of lovely supportive comments and and there were also some people who were like well this isn't perfect and that's not right and and you should do this instead and and the difficult part of that is that these are all things that I know <laughs> already you know and yeah. um because because it was absolutely the opposite of what I would naturally do um to kind of put myself out there and do this in the first place so they kind of 
they got to me more than probably they would normally have done perhaps because it was sort of saying all the things that I'm I knew myself uh, weren't perfect but actually in the end um, once I'd gone through the feeling a bit upset about it and 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 what have you I kind of went went to the point where I was like oh do you know what what's the, what's the opposite of this how can I challenge this and try and make this into a positive thing and it was let's just put it out everywhere <laughs> and I'll do my best to put it as far as I can um, and, and and sort of like I'll show you them blah, 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 you know that yeah. kind of and um and so, so basically, I, I was like, right, I'm going to blast it over Twitter. I'm going to put it out here and and see if anybody kind of decides to take it up. And mm-hmm. uh, and so, because I because I did put it out there, um, then I got you know emails back, and I got people saying, oh, this looks really interesting, and we would like to use it for this. And could you put together an article, and you know, and and that kind of thing. So. So it's been lovely, actually, how it's how it's sort of snowballed, and I think it is sometimes just about trying to take that that first step. I'm very bad at the whole kind of like playing the game, I guess you yeah. know, of that and and knowing how to approach that. But I suppose at the end of the day, it's also um, it's things like um, uh, Hillary wrote in uh, on, and we talked about this on backing paper yesterday but um things i didn't know about the fact that she was kind of about to give up on her photographic you know work and and things when she kind of came across the podcast and and i thought how when i was reflecting on that i was thinking how i would have felt you know knowing how beautiful her work is and what and what she creates how much of a shame that would have been and a waste to have not seen that if she'd have she hadn't been brave and carried on putting yeah. out work you know and carried on doing something and making something and um and how much that's also like meant meant to us you know as well as meant to her I think so in a way it's a kind of two-way street isn't it it's uh it's just hoping that you've got that support there and people who go uh, sort of cheering you on in the corner and and uh and helping you kind of yeah get your work out there really I mean, Clegg, you, you know, photography isn't a business for you. This is, um, this is, you know, you make art, but you do have your work out there. You've done festivals and exhibitions and stuff. Um, and it's the same thing again. I can't imagine that this is just some magical world where um, you've taken some pictures and then somebody's called you up and gone, oh, we, we hear you've taken some pictures, Claire, please, because we have them. Um, how do you get past? Because I, I personally, um, although I don't do this with my photography because it's not, yeah, you know, that's just not something I'm doing at the moment. But when you make something, uh, putting it out in front of people can be quite a daunting thing. You know, this idea mm. of imposter syndrome, of feeling like, oh, well, either there's already so much other good work out there. Why should I do this? Or my work's not good enough. I don't. Should... How do you get past that and pluck up the confidence to just go? I'm going to put myself forward for this. I'm going to. I think I am good enough. How do you approach that? Um, well, that's it's an interesting question, and I can relate exact. I can relate to everything that Rachel has just said there. I think for me, it was something that I kind of arrived at in my head because I realised for a long time, and I mean, really up to quite recently, I think that I was creating barriers in my own head, if you like, because mm-hmm. I had in my head almost like. Um, even though I was um, still creating my photographic work and in my head 
it was other people um, have exhibitions, not me, because I had some I, some strange idea. And I think it does come from maybe a self-esteem thing and thinking that I wasn't good enough. Um, and it took me a long time to get over the own barrier in my head to think, well, maybe um, I'm, you know, I, I might be no better, but maybe I am just as good or I can at least try. Um, and but it took a long time because I remember sometimes um, if I'd meet people and one of my friends would sometimes say, oh, you know, Claire's a photographer and I would find myself actually cringing yeah. inside because it felt really showy off feet and I would actually always apologize or correct uh, people and say <laughs> I'm oh, not yeah. very well, sorry. I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I was a photographer but I do like photography and because it felt too it felt very I don't know a bit yeah. vain or show off yeah. Yeah. yeah and so I had to battle through that myself and think well I'm no better than anybody um and I appreciate that um my work is not going to appeal to everybody and there'll be people that will say, oh, her work's terrible or whatever. And I've had, I have had, um, you know, I'm quite sensitive as well. And that's another thing I've had to try not to take things personally because <laughs> um, I've had people say all sorts to me. Um, mm. But um, I, 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 I just, so I've worked through that, but I will still, um, still do it anyway. So I'll still um, apply to open calls um, and put and put and put my work forward, and sometimes I get through, and, and sometimes I don't, and try not to take it personally. And I, I don't know, probably because I think we're all united um, by a love of photography, mm-hmm. and we might all agree and and uh, on some works that we all love, and we might have disagreements on, on on some people's work might appeal more more or less. And I think it's just appreciating that. But I remember when I was learning how to use the darkroom. Um, in um, two hours away and uh, near Mould actually up, up the road up the other side of uh, more east um, in North Wales and um, my teacher our teacher in the uh, the night class was called a lady called Yvonne Yvonne Davis she was lovely and I remember her saying um we all work um first of all we have to please ourselves I always remember her saying that um and I thought yeah that's true I think when we're working on a photographic print, um, I think, or, you know, whether we're doing 35mm or Polaroid or whatever we're doing, um, I think we're probably all getting to that point ourselves where we think, oh, I'm happy with this, you know, for myself. And then I think that's the first obstacle. But I think you just have to move forward with it. I think maybe it's quite natural um I go through phases um Mm -hmm. where I look at my work I think oh god it's all rubbish (laughs) and um you have highs and lows but I think I think for me it's important I think you just keep keep moving forward keep going Mm -hmm. forward and keep trying and I think I don't know it's like everything in life I think we'll all have our maybe our hot summers where we maybe were being accepted into shows or we get into some magazines or we have an exhibition and then we might have a freezing cold winter where it feels like nothing's nothing much is happening but I think if we if we keep creating and and we keep moving forward I think I think that's that's the important thing but I don't know I mean Graham you said about um the imposter syndrome I quite often feel like that I don't know (laughs) if, if 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 um you have that as well Rachel or whatever but, um, <laughs> yeah and, and and I go through that I thought, oh god you know and yeah. I always think and I I suppose and I'm aware of my limitations I think oh I know I'm not technically um great and, and sometimes I get intimidated but I think it's about 
keep creating and keep moving forward and maybe holding always in our heads that you know we're no better than anybody but we're no we're no worse why why shouldn't we apply and try um for a show or um a magazine or whatever like like everybody else i think the the tough part i think is sometimes if you get um you know, you can get constructive feedback if if someone is quite harsh, or you know, if you do you do get rejected, you don't get accepted. Um, it's about maybe trying not to, as best as we can, not take it personally. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like keep 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 moving forward. But um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think we've we, we've just got to keep keep going and keep trying. And um, yeah, sorry, I don't know if I'm rambling or no. That was that was exactly how I how I felt when I was talking about it just then. You see, we're we're living exactly what we're talking about. You know, I realised that I'd been talking probably. You know, it was just my voice for what five, six, ten minutes or something, and I was like, "Okay, Rach, need to wrap this up because you've been talking for too long. You know, what you're saying's got no worth and blah blah blah. You know, and and these are all constantly the voices that are still going around in your head even when you're having this conversation because it's like well we're recording this as a podcast and this is going to go out and people are going to hear this and what are they going to think you know because I'm talking about myself for five minutes and how I created this pinhole project and it's like all you can think about is they're just going to be sitting there thinking oh god shut up about it you know and and I don't know if that is the reality or if that is just my own insecurities over it and and what have you as well so even just doing that is a constant battle against the the voice sort of going, oh, you're not good enough, or shut up, or yeah. you know. <laughs> um, there was uh, another another um, woman who I'd um, seen who'd done a few bits of sort of training and things, and she her her kind of like mantra really, I suppose, like your um, technician or your your workshop tutor who you were talking about first of all we please ourselves you know um she was saying how um visibility isn't vanity you know yes yeah and, and that kind of idea that actually showing up and being visible doesn't mean that you're a vain person it's about nobody's going to know <laughs> if you've created something unless you tell them yeah you know? unless you show true. them and I, I think for me, probably one of the biggest things that I struggle with is unsolicited advice, because quite a lot of the time it's it's saying all these things that this mean kind of like voice in your head is already telling you, you know, you're not good enough. Uh, yeah. and, and then you've got that coming in from from somebody else. It's like that's obviously completely within, you know, your prerogative to have an opinion as a person. Um, but you don't always have to offer it you know and I think if if it's asked for obviously that totally makes sense because somebody's there asking for critique or or they're saying could you please you know kind of like help me understand how I can learn from this um and and improve as well um but if that's not being asked for um and it's still and it's still being given that's when I think it can can crush confidence and it can block people from from actually trying again because they feel like well, if that's the criticism that I've got back and I wasn't even asking for it, you know, yeah. why, why would I even bother creating something and sharing it, you know? So, no, it's... and I think that, I, oh, sorry. No, no, go on, Claire. No, I, 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 I can, I, I've had that, those experiences myself where you can feel mm. crushed um, and I'm quite a sensitive person anyway and I think, ooh, but I suppose it's it's trying to take a step back as well and thinking, okay, that's 
maybe one person or two person how many people are there and yeah you know we it's, it's that whole thing about um keeping perspective you, on it I guess and it? and you know like I say um we were just talking about pinhole pinhole work and I was saying what maybe I find beautiful in it other people won't and bearing mm-hmm. that in mind and it's kind of I don't know keeping going until we find our own own kind of river if you like I don't know if my mm-hmm. knowledge is but of of where our work suits as well and, and where it's where it's welcome mm-hmm. I think that as well social media um is a is a scare, can be can be a great place um, and it can be a scary place as well. It can be a, it can feel quite intimidating because um, the standard it, it feels really high and you think oh my goodness sometimes and we can all get overwhelmed as much mm. as we can get inspiration and we can get real joy at looking at other people's work and I think sometimes it's a challenge to think well this is this is me and, and this is the work I like to cr- create and, and trying not to get sidetracked um just to fit in as well mm. I think that can be a real dis, um dis, distraction but yeah. I think it is about keeping going and I think I mean on the one hand we can be under comfort uh, under comfortable and confident with more lower self-esteem but I think you can probably have there's a lot of problems come with being over-esteemed and and and, and having a very high opinion of yourself I think sometimes um it can make you work hard and work to kind of keep oh well I'm not quite happy with what I'm getting and I'm going to keep going Mm -hmm. um but I think it is it it is an issue and I always come back to just keep moving forward as as best as we can and um and I suppose it's okay for us to acknowledge that we're human and we're set and sensitive and every I suppose everyone alive we like to be appreciated as human beings. I suppose yeah. that's natural. And so, if we don't, if we get rejected or we get uh, some criticism, it, it is going to hurt us. And, and I suppose it's how we how we deal with that, and we're able to keep mm. keep going forward. Um, but I think it's brave. And um, a, a, a very good friend of mine is a, is an artist. Um, they're a painter, actually, mm-hmm. and they always say um, they think it it takes courage to put your put your work on the walls hang your work on the walls either in an exhibition or, or online so you know not everybody does do that so I think maybe we need to remember that as well yeah do you um, one of the concerns well concerns is maybe a strong word for it um we have these great picture sharing essentially safe spaces places like instagram and places like Flickr, where um we can all put our work up and generally speaking be fairly confident that it's going to be you're not going to hit a lot of negativity there i think mm-hmm. and and that's where um and and that's why we use them like th- that's where if you do put something yeah. on instagram or um flickr and you do get someone being unkind or critical of your work that that's not what these places are for i didn't put this here for that i'm just sharing it through here they are safe mm-hmm. places to share work you can put stuff out there um and they're great for that uh, it's very low impact in that sense but the flip side of that is that um, it, it, I think because and, you know, I think I, I, I see a lot of people's work on, on Instagram in particular. And you look and go, oh, this is this is great. I, you know, I see so many people. This is great. And but there are people who, you know, they're not making their own zine or they're not trying to get stuff into exhibitions, but they're making amazing yeah. work. And, the, and the, because they're putting stuff on Instagram or Flickr or wherever it may be, it's like, well, I, I've shared it. And what concerns me slightly is that the you, you I think sometimes you need to kind of 
you need to, to put yourself in the firing line. I mean, and as you said, by mm-hmm. by putting yourself forward for something, whether it's saying, okay, you know, sending your details. There's a risk. It's a risk. Yeah. Well, yeah, go either way. Yeah, you know, you if you say, okay, you know, get in touch with the blog, you know, Emulsive or Thirty Five MC or Petapix or wherever it may be, and say, would you be interested in featuring this project that I've done or if you apply to be in an exhibition or something like that, then you are putting yourself in a place where, at that point, you probably the, the chance of you getting criticism goes up. And I think uh, also at that point, you have to kind of go, I'm just going to have to take it because these are not mm. my safe spaces anymore. When If it's on Instagram or whatever, then that's that's my backyard. Don't come in there and upset me. But once yeah. it's out there, you kind of have to mm. just go, I know some people are going to think this sucks because that's just the way of the world. Um but also, I think it's as you said, both of you said, you know, like the um, the quality of the work that most people are producing is better than they realise it is, uh, and whatever medium makes sense for them. I, I it, actually, it just it seems a shame to me that I think because um, Instagram and Flickr have become so ubiquitous that that has become its own endpoint now and stuff isn't going beyond there. And um, mm-hmm. and safe spaces are great, but they're also sometimes not the best at encouraging you to go further because if you can just keep being safe all the time and everyone's like, oh, that's nice, that thing you've done is great. And it's, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to throw stuff out I there think, into the world. Yeah, and, a- absolutely. Absolutely. I suppose one of the one of the difficulties with that is that we don't always know how to do that, how to take that step, how to approach a gallery and say, can I have an exhibition of my work? That you know, that it's sort mm. of like we don't always know the rules, shall we say? We don't yeah. always know how to how to get to that point so that we can feel like uh, you know, actually yeah, um do I do I email them? Do I wait for a call to come up? Where would I even find what what is a call you know i've, I've heard people talk <laughs> what about this. email <laughs> yeah but do, do you know what i mean though yeah. you know in all seriousness not everybody would have heard of the term you know they've put out a call for for this work you're right and and it's kind of almost like there's a level of um but we're getting into a conversation about elitism in art and, and, and what have you as well <laughs> let's that, save that we? for another day <laughs> but let's save that for another day but do you, you know what i mean though there's there's a level of how that you're absolutely right, Greg. Because yeah, it, if that's its end point, then that's where it finishes, sort of thing. And and actually, perhaps it could go further. But it's like, well, how does that next step happen? You know? Mm. Yeah. No, absolutely. I don't think that's that what is... we need to talk to Claire again about a bit more. <laughs> I think. I think that. I mean, for for me, um, once I'd got over like these barriers in my head that was one good thing the internet was for so I was like researching um and what I found was um my starting point is oh say if it's a gallery or oh, what galleries do I like or what magazines do I like what you know and, and approaching them and galleries most of them um have a website so they'll there's usually um somewhere on the website that will say about contacting and there's usually a section on exhibiting and usually on there it'll tell you what they require for from from you mm-hmm. um if it's magazines it'll be the same um whether it's a digital magazine or a print magazine and what what i've learned because i've never i've you know i've never been to art school mm-hmm. um so i've sort of self-taught myself mm-hmm. and learned on the way um is i would say whatever they ask for um stick to exactly that um 
And when it came to, it's usually providing an artist statement mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and an overview. Now, I remember was I remember puzzling, thinking, okay how do I write an artist statement? You know, what is one? What, how do I do that? And I, I literally learned by looking it up on the internet and just Googling artist statements and looking at examples and then modelling it on something I found on, on, online. And then as I've gone along, um, re, refined, refined it and always paying attention as well, you know, if they want to see examples of your images. Um, usually they'll always ask you for um, the exact dimensions they want, what format, how they want you to send it. So I would always say always stick. So if they tell you not to, if they tell you to attach it to an email, do. If they tell you to send it via (laughs) WeTransfer, do it. If they tell you they want JPEGs, just do JPEGs and and vice versa. But so I think it's a learning process. um, And even, and I look back at what some of the things I wrote and I can see how I've learned just by doing as I go along so I suppose everyone's got to start we've all got to start somewhere and, and um, I've, I've got loads a long way to go some Sorry. of our listeners have, have written some fantastic artist statements in their cheap shots challenges <laughs> in the past oh, so you know they've uh, yeah. yeah so some there's been some interesting uh, interesting ones we'll have to uh, let you into the vault Claire so you can okay, have yeah that'd be good <laughs> but yeah. yeah it's I mean it's one of those things isn't it I mean and again this applies to people who maybe have thought well, I'd like my stuff to be shared more if you are a writer um, mm. rather than a photographer then you would know that the only way the only possible way that you are going to get your written work into a magazine or an online magazine or wherever it may be would be to send it off and send it off and send it off and get so many no's back until yeah. eventually you start finding the place that fits. And, you know, part of that is making sure you're finding a venue, an, an appropriate blog mm-hmm. to send it to, an appropriate magazine and all of that, but also being prepared to get told no a lot. And and yeah. it's, no, it's like no different with photography. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. in the past about um, when places like the Let's Explore magazine um, do their calls for, oh, you know, submit if you've got an idea for like. Don't be afraid to put yourself forward for things um, because, you know, the worst that can happen is people say no and that's uh, 100% yeah. non-fatal. Um, so, yeah, I just think it'd be... Uh, I think more people's work would end up out in circulation if people just in general were... People who are creating, with you know, with that in mind were just more prepared to put themselves out there and perhaps less... Uh, willing to wait and hope to be discovered because that's that doesn't that's ever going to work yeah no I think you have to be proactive um and it is it's trying to move forward um when you feel like oh I can't because I remember I was in London and I was in the photographer's gallery um and there was a day and there was a few of us like showing our work and the, and one of the men who is hosted he he was a he was a professional photographer and he was um, coming around giving his tips and he was saying to me um you have to ha- you have to go to approach the magazines, Claire. You have to, um, you know, what did he say? Hammer hammer the doors, and you will get nose and all that. But you just have to keep. And I remember thinking, I I know I have to do that in a way, but I feel like I can't, you know. But I've, you have to sort of get over it. And um, I always appreciate um, if you do submit your work somewhere and you get a, an email back saying you know, sorry, they're not having you, but they take the time to, to write back to you. And I think that's very nice. I've always appreciated that. Um, but f- my experience, my limited experience is 
quite often it's a you you can get silence and it's about um thinking probably you know it's not personal maybe um and if you just keep going maybe the law law of averages um so it is it's i think it is a a confidence thing isn't it and it's a it's having that courage to think like i said earlier you know i'm no better than anybody but i'm no maybe no worse maybe i have just as much um right i don't know what the correct word is to, to try like everybody else and and for me personally i was really held back for a long time and even um sometimes i think oh i'd love to take this person's picture or that person's picture or you know even so sort of, some even sell some you know well-known people you think oh mm. you can see them you think oh they'd make an amazing portrait yeah. but there's that voice in your head thinking oh you're i'm almost self-sabotaging it or they they they'd say no they just say no but I suppose you never know they might maybe nine but maybe one person out of ten they might surprise you so yeah so I suppose we just everybody we just have to be proactive don't we and 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 and, and keep keep trying and like I say websites um magazine websites um gallery websites always usually have somewhere on there submissions submissions and, Mm -hmm. and about what what the requirements are and so I would follow them to a T <laughs> um, and then and then just keep moving forward and looking out for, like you say, the open calls, which is where maybe a magazine will have a theme or they're doing a call between this month and that month. And they're looking for this work and, you know, you submit. And usually, again, they'll be very specific about the criteria for the submission. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, yeah. Sorry, Graham. No, go on, Rachel. I was just uh, I was just gonna say like I've I've had um occasions where I've uh applied for something you know pitched it and and they've come back and said yes great we'd love to have you in the exhibition and then I've sent my work in and they've gone hmm having seen your work uh we're going to withdraw our offer <laughs> I was like oh. okay that's nice <laughs> if you did maybe just said that in the first place no <laughs> that would have been less less of a, a gut punch really but you know it's um it's one of those things that uh yeah it's just part of life isn't it so we uh, we can we can live from it you know live and learn and and uh, and kind of just keep on like you said Claire just keep on going and okay yeah. it maybe just wasn't right for that particular exhibition yeah. or, or and, that. I, and I think it can be I mean there's I think there's no two ways about it it can fit you know rejection can be it is painful and I think sometimes depending where we are as well mm-hmm. with what's going on for us is is, is to how it, sometimes it can feel much harsher than other times and sometimes the way you do get rejected is pretty harsh mm-hmm. it can be quite harsh as well and like you say it's only human nature that we we want to be um we we, we don't like it you know but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose I suppose it's about how we manage it, isn't it? Because yeah. we are human, and if if we're a bit sensitive, it can it, well it is painful. So mm-hmm. it's whether it's about acknowledging that hurt, <laughs> but still somehow managing to to keep going forward. Because you do hear, like you're saying about um, Hillary, you, you do hear a lot of people that just give up, and you think, yeah. oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Um, so I'm, a, I'm I don't know. 
Um, but I'm a great believer in just as much as you can keep keep going forward. Have some hope and some faith. Yeah, and keep on yeah. Going, right? <laughs> and tell yourself, tell yourself, oh, okay, I'm in my really bleak winter, but I'm going to keep going forward, and uh, I'll come to my spring eventually. <laughs> the um, sun will shine again one day. Yeah, all <laughs> will be out of lockdown, and everything will be magic. Well, I think yeah. we fixed that problem. I hope everybody listening now is um, <laughs> uh, inspired and empowered to put themselves forward for more things. It's a, a recurring theme on this podcast whether we talk about it with people trying to get people to make their own zines or whatever it is but um yeah i think it's important to you know to chat about it and to so that everybody realizes that um you know we all have the same confidence issues with stuff and uh, just push past them um, and get your work out there well i i think that probably just about does it for this week right guys i think that's i think it probably does we've, 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 we've set the world to rights um, oh, we everything's... <laughs> yeah and uh i'm just gonna go and finish off my nice lemon sherbet beer that I have yeah home, I think. lemon lovely. sherbet beer sounds <laughs> disgusting what it's are actually you? a lemon it's a lemon sherbet sour <laughs> and and the label says who am i when and why Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is it, right. Okay. Well, useful. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. Uh, lemon sherbet cake or sweets, fine, but not drinks. That's I, I draw the line there. Um, so yeah, we will wrap up there. Um, as always, email us with your thoughts. Uh, you'll find us. I'm gonna try and do the stuff now that Aid always does. This is where it all falls apart. Oh God. Um, all right. Aid, good. You come back. You got this, Graham. You, you got this. Be, Look, this I is can't us. Be left <laughs> Um, we can support you. Thanks. Um, so email us at sunny16podcast at gmail.com. You can find our shows on the website at sunny16podcast.com. Um, and of course, we're on Twitter and Instagram um, and Facebook. Are we on Facebook at all? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, t- a, t- a tiny bit. I do post a few things. Sometimes I share bits and pieces there. And uh, on Discord as well. Um, we have our lovely Sunny16 podcast um, uh, on Discord as well. So hopefully, Graham will be able to put the. <laughs> the link it's a really it's, lovely place to go you know and really actually place, our community yeah. really enjoy it so it would be nice to be able to go there because you've got it's kind of like a whole forum lots of different threads lots of different conversations happening and you can do virtual photo walks and all sorts of things on there yeah. too so if god if something weird happens and the link isn't in the show notes if you go to our instagram page you'll find the link to it right there and you can go straight through and it's great it's fabulous um what we should do because um you know we don't always do this so claire (laughs) what's your instagram uh handle because you're more we instagram and twitter where will people find you online um, I'm on both. I just have to check what's my Instagram. My Instagram <laughs> is my Claire. Yeah, it's Claire Marie. I think I'm just Claire Marie Bailey um, at Claire Marie Bailey and on Twitter. That's Instagram. So I'm Claire Marie Bailey and on in, on Twitter I'm Claire M Bailey. <laughs> okay. And how do you spell Claire? Uh, it's Claire without an I, so it's C L A R E. And Rach, where can people find your stuff? Oh, you can find me all over the place. Um, yeah, on Instagram, I'm Little Vintage Photography. I'm also Little Vintage Weddings. And uh, on Twitter, I am Vintage Photo Co. There you go. So two great places to go to and uh, find lots of lovely pictures and all the stuff you've been up to lately. Um, I know there's loads more stuff we need to talk about. We didn't even talk to get around talking about the festivals and stuff, did we, Claire? Next time. Next oh, time, Gadget. Next time, we'll yeah. We'll come back to that soon. Um, 
Well, we will leave you now with Rachel's lovely music. As always, um, oh boy, I'm going to get the two mixed up. It's no, right. it's not remortgaging the nest of hairs because that's the other it's one. It's not, ah! it's not. No, it's, <laughs> uh, it's from my band Rocker and uh, it's from the album Promises I Should Have Kept and you can find them on Amazon, Spotify and as A says, uh, where else, Rach? <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much anywhere you can find music. So there you go. Car boot sales. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> dodgy back alleys. Wherever you buy your music um claire thank you so much for joining us this week oh, pleasure. Uh, rachel lovely. lovely having mm. you here as always thank we will be much. back on the weekend with backing paper until then listeners thank you very much for listening and goodbye bye bye, bye.